No, you weren't. I wasn't at that one. Um, no. no, but um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's. It, I, I just now wonder, like, where are my Christmas items? I think I used to have like, a, a Santa a Santa's hat or something, but um, that that I can't find that. Um, so some, there's no festive uh, sort of attire that I have. Maybe I need to fix that. I don't know. Um, I'll send you something. Yeah, please do. Happy to receive gifts. Um, okay, <laughs> welcome everybody. Uh, welcome, folks, to Brain Food Live on air. It is episode 185, bringing it to you every Friday, no fail. This is the penultimate show of the year, folks. We've got this and one more before we shut up shop. I think we're going to give it a week's rest before we're back in the saddle because uh, we, we like to suffer. We like to continue rocking on and having these conversations. Uh, so welcome, everybody, to the show. Delighted to see people join. Uh, this is a special topic uh, for us to do. I don't think any of us have ever done this topic. I'm not on Brimfood Live before. I actually haven't seen too much of the conversation go on anywhere else either. So uh, evidently, it's something that we do need to elevate and talk about more. Um, so welcome, everybody, to the show. Everyone is welcome um and it's uh, hopefully an opportunity for all of us to learn about this topic um anyway um it's great to see adam gordon in in back in the saddle and looking well and wearing the festive gear so how you've been adam life been good you know give us a quick update on what's been going on yeah life's good uh thank you for having me again i think it's been about 100 times or 150 times or something you should mark so it far. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been on at least 50% plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas. It's going to be a it's gonna be a good one. Cool. you when you finish it, is it uh, you got uh end, end, next week or when is yeah, it? Yeah, end end of Monday. End of Monday, yeah. End of Monday, and then I'm going to France for a few days, then Christmas, then back here, then back to France for a few days, and then Does back in time to get the kids back to school. Doesn't sound bad, man. Doesn't sound bad. Um, anyway, listen, folks, just a quick sound check, as we always do. Want to make sure everyone can hear us okay. Um, I think people can hear me okay on Crowdcast, but let me know in the chat whether that's uh, that's true. Uh, audio and visual, me and Adam, can you see us both on screen? Uh, we should be blasting this out, folks, on multi-channels. We're on LinkedIn Live. So if you're watching this on LinkedIn, let me know. Uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, let me know. If you're watching this on Twitter, let me know. Still on Twitter. It's not being cut down by Elon Musk yet, uh, even though I am waiting for the moment where we get kicked off there as well. Uh, but do let us know whether you can hear us okay. Thank you, Sarah. Great that you can hear us. Um, okay. I think sounds okay. Technically, everything's okay. We should be ready to go. Uh, folks, as ever, we need to thank our sponsors for the show because every single week, sponsors come on and support Brain Food Live, without which we won't be able to run this conversational topic for you. So um, thank you this week to um, a, a consecutive sponsor. It's a three weeks in a row, I think, for MetaView. Uh, MetaView interview intelligence software category. I'm massively bullish on this year and next. Uh, this is a product that's going to help you improve your quality of hire. Um, how do they do that? Quite simple. They're going to give you information as to what goes on in your interview. Um, whereas previously, you're relying purely on a hiring manager to say yes, no, maybe, no. What you want to do is to understand exactly what is happening there. How long people are speaking? Who is saying what? What is the sentiment? Is there a pattern? Is there a trend? Great training, a tool for hiring managers and recruiters, but also fantastic to give you interview intelligence across your entire organization. Um, but listen, don't let me tell you all about it because a new innovation, which I'm rolling out next year, uh, but kind of pre previewing this year, 
is to invite the founders of the business uh, that sponsor the company to come on and give us a few words. So Sayal Majos is going to come on and give us uh, his rendition. If he's not wearing a Christmas jumper, I'll be very disappointed. I might actually have to ask him to get changed if uh, if that's the case. Um, so let's see how festive uh, tech CEOs actually get. Like, you have to try and step up and make this happen. Um, there is a black T-shirt. Yeah, but it does. It says, it says MetaView on it, so you know. It's, uh... There is some branding style. I'll let you off for that, but come on, let's put a bit of tinsel on the collar or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, bad form, bad form. I mean, next week there's the, there'll be no excuse if I'm not in. There'll the, be no excuse. You have to do yeah. this. Um, and Sal, great to actually see you just appear in this. And I know this this topic might actually be a little bit personal for you because I believe you're adding to the family also uh, in 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 very in, in very soon. So yeah, you know, this right. is something that is you know very pertinent for people of our generation our age etc it's like we're combining you know the, the job and the career and you know family building as well so um so yeah hopefully you hang around for this anyway give us the overview as to what metaview is why should people care who should care about it man cool uh thanks again uh hung good to see you as well adam so yeah folks i'm style uh thanks again for for having me on the show uh pumped to be sponsoring as as ever uh metaview is the leading interview intelligence platform Hung did a great job of sort of uh, telling you why this category matters. The way that we think about it is that we help you take your hiring to the next level. So we really see this as the next frontier for high performing companies is transforming their interviews from what is currently for most folks, a bit of a black box into a trove of insight. Um, uh, and as a result, we end up with better interviewers. Um, that means 28% quicker interview processes because you've got more people who you can trust to interview, which means you can find slots in calendar much more easily and give candidates a great experience, which means they stay in the funnel um, and 16% better offer acceptance rates. So uh, those super frustrating times where you get this, this hot candidate all the way through to the end only to only to be ghosted or offer rejected. Uh, yeah, that happens 16% fewer, 16% uh, less, which is, uh, which is uh, pretty good. Um, the way the product works, just high level, uh, we integrate with your existing stack. So whatever ATS or video conferencing platform you already use where your interviews are currently happening and we record and transcribe from there. So if you want to think about why sort of now is the time that people are thinking about this category a lot is because we had the shock almost move to, to remote initially and everyone thought, okay, how can we just like keep the wheels on as we, as we sort of uh, deal with this, this remote workforce? Now we're in a new phase where people are thinking, well, what's different about our business? Because so many of our meetings, and in our case, interviews, are being done speaking into cameras and speaking into microphones. So this is just a complete shift. You know, that's a fundamental foundational shift, nothing to do with MetaView. The world has changed. And now you're getting products like MetaView, which make it you able to sort of make much more sense of what's happening in some of these, these key parts of your hiring process. Um, yeah. Fantastic stuff. And by the way, I think one of the revelations I've sort of had with just touching on this category of product is the idea that if you can actually develop more hiring managers that you're trusting to do interviews, that's going to massively improve your candidate experience, your ability to accelerate candidates through process, avoid sort of all of those logistical issues. Imagine, you know, you have like one bottleneck, it's like one hiring manager that is he or she only trusts themselves to do this. Um, and therefore, everything has to go through this very, very busy person's schedule. 
they're going to interview badly and not going to interview enough volume. Whereas if you had 10 of those people that you can trust to do it, suddenly everything gets easier. So I think this is something that is totally, I'm sure you didn't think of that when you designed this, that this would be a, a, a consequence, but I think this could be one of the, the most important consequences of this type of product. Anyway, Sile, how can they find you? How can they find the product? Best thing to do, uh, go to metaview.ai, um, learn more about the product there. Also a bunch of resources for hiring managers and for recruiters as well on, on really how we think about um, high performance hiring. Um, you can also email me directly, I'm at SM, so that's the letter S, the letter M at metaview.ai if you wanna drop me a note. Happy to sort of meet with folks that are in the, in the community, show them around the product or just just jam on the, on the space more broadly if you want. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And share the links down in the chat stream there, Sal, so people can catch up with we'll you. Do. All right, cool. Listen, man, thank you so much for giving us the overview of your amazing product. Hopefully, you hang around the show and enjoy the rest of the conversation, Sal. Will do. Thanks so much, folks. Enjoy. Cool. I like that innovation, by the way, of doing the, getting the sponsors on to give the pitch. What do you reckon? That's a good idea. Let me know if you enjoy that, folks. I think it's a, a rare opportunity to see the founder actually do it. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking about a product, why not get the person who built the thing to come and talk to you? So uh, we're going to be doing that every week next year if the founders are up for it. I haven't found a, a founder yet uh, that is a sponsor that has refused to do it yet. So uh, hopefully we can get some really interesting insights from folks that uh, have backed uh, the, the show. Anyway, Adam, let's quickly move on. Go on. I love that guy Sile's like approach, which is like just contact me if you want to just have a chat about stuff in this area. I'm, I'm open to it. Good thing to do. Yep, 100%. Um, and he's a lovely guy as well. So make sure you email him and, and get in touch. Um, okay, very quick overview of the newsletter last week, Adam, because we no longer do Big Fresh. Um, give us a couple of things that you want to talk about real quick. Um, yeah, the European Data Protection Board, uh, which is the body that kind of steers GDPR has announced, uh, this was in TechCrunch, that um, there's three complaints against Meta <clears throat> that it's coming to a judgment about. And um, it's relating to what's termed to be forced consent. Uh, you are forced into consenting to share data uh, with Facebook, which in turn shares it with advertisers to target you. Um, I think this sounds pretty much nonsense, to be honest, because like just it's part of the terms of use. I mean, how, they need to make money in order to make a product. You don't have to. It's not forced consent. You don't have to be on Facebook. You don't have to use WhatsApp. You don't have to be on Instagram. So this sounds like nonsense to me, but. We'll see what happens in January because it's going to be very interesting for the future of social media in general, not just for Meta. Yep, I think it's over. I really do. Uh, I think it, uh, I think people have been kicking on uh, Facebook for a long time. Zuckerberg's got tired of defending it. That's why he's retreated into the metaverse. Um, basically, ad tracking is going to be over, um, uh, and uh, and we're going to have to get used to less relevant ads, basically. And I think more ads that are less relevant simply because we no longer are able to target people. Um, so I think it's going to be, uh, you know, everyone needs to care about privacy. I get it. I get it. Um, but at the same time, I think we've overreached because most of these big tech companies truly don't care about 
sort of your personal details, um, what they truly do care about is being able to service you stuff that, that you want to buy. I mean, there's no reason why they want to sort of festoon you with uh, advertising services that you have paid no attention to. They make their money through ad relevancy. Um, and I think uh, with this uh, this move to basically uh, how much consent you want to give, Apple, massive body blow to, to Meta earlier this year. Was it late last year? I think GDPR comes in and kills it off. Um, and, and yeah, we're going to, that's the end of Facebook really as a business. Um, and obviously got lots of capital to burn yet and hopefully they'll do something in the metaverse. Um, but I think it hurts Google massively as well. So, you know, world's changed basically. Yeah. Anyway, give us one more, mate. Okay. Um, so the flexible jobs index by time-wise, um, it was really interesting, very detailed report on flexible jobs. What they mean by flexible jobs is anything where you, you've got some control over when you start and finish part-time jobs are considered flexible any degree of hybrid or work from home any degree of like what shifts when you when shifts start and finish things like that so it's pretty broad but the thing which really stood out to me is nine out of ten people want a flexible job five out of ten jobs are flexible three out of ten Openings like adverts have some kind of degree of flexibility. There is a big gap between what we want and what's on offer. So it seems like once you're in the door, you can potentially achieve some influence in making it a flexible job in some way. But that's not what employers are saying they want from the not start. Not at the beginning. And I think that's something we underexplore. So in other words, what percentage of jobs that are currently flexible have been as a result of the employer retention strategy? So in other words, I've employed Adam on full-time permanent on-site. He then a valuable employee, but he mm -hmm. wants that flexibility. I want to keep him. I give him some flexibility and suddenly he's a flexible worker compared to the job being designed to be flexible. Um, and I suspect that's probably going to be an interesting sort of pattern of play. And by the way, totally relevant to this topic we're going to have a conversation about today, because I wonder how much of the pressure um, that women have, particularly women who want to start families and so forth, is based on the default that, hey, we've designed this job to be full time permanent on site. Uh, and, you know, without even any thinking about, you know, that we need to have it kind of designed to be flexible. Um, so there's this is a another, lot of, yeah, this is another part of the report by TimeWise. It was another element of it, which says that our inability to adapt to what people want is actually worse for, uh, particularly worse for parents and especially of course, worse for mothers. So mm -hmm. it's exacerbating, uh, gender inequality. Yep. Yeah. And we know there's other research as well. I don't know whether you saw, I can't remember the, the report, but it was about most commonly cited reason why women leave a company is because of a lack of flexibility and going towards a job that offers more flexibility. Um, so, you know, if you have the approach of saying back to the office full time, all this type of palaver, that's the, is that your, your instincts? Then immediately you're saying um, that, you know, you don't really care about having a diverse workforce. This is as simple as that. Yeah. I'm um, a big, as you know, I'm a big fan of the concept of a talent pipeline. And I really believe that when you uh, get to know people in advance of positioning them with an opportunity, you're going to save yourself a huge amount of time. If you include in that 
underst an understanding of what this person is going to want from like the flexibility of their job, then you can stop wasting your time advertising, you know, um, fixed jobs with specific lo like locations and starting hours and finishing hours and things that clearly people don't really want today. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, th there's caveats, though, because sometimes if you offer jobs that are comp you have to offer in terms of compliance side, you got to just say offer it in flexible. Um, you, you get like weird consequences which you didn't intend. So the Netherlands is probably the iconic example here um, uh, where and Dutch sort of folks correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe um, that all jobs that are created in the Netherlands um, that are, are um, permanent jobs, so to speak, have to be offered part time. Um, so if I off, so I hire you, um, I have to offer it. Hey, do you want to work full time or do you want to work part time? That is the law. Um, now in that scenario, it turns out what happens is that obviously all the men decide to take full time. Um, but a significant percentage of women take the part time. Um, and that then leads to all kinds of interesting, uh, manifestations down the pipeline, particularly when it comes to management and leadership, because as we know, people are going to be full-time, typically spend more time, build better networks, et cetera, et cetera, and end up in a situation where there's more senior managers, um, uh, skewed toward male and female based on time served. So you have a situation where, you know, legislation has been rolled out, uh, ostensibly for positive reasons, but the output comes leads to greater variance of this type so um so yeah i'm pretty certain that's true but if you're in the netherlands you, and, and you know better please do let me know in comments what the situation is and what the impact is as i've just described but i think that's the case anyway let's get on with this topic man um you and i by the way adam you and i both obviously have, have chatted independently to say that we obviously don't know too much about this topic um so you know we, we are kind of at risk at, at stumbling uh, upon occasion i would guess uh, but i hope that people will be forgiving of our mistakes um if we do make them um because we want to also be able to speak freely in this uh, sort of context and be able to contribute to the debate anyway let's bring on our guests with uh, enough further ado um, we're going to bring on the lady that started this entire story, uh, Sarah Dalsfeld, who unfortunately has actually, there's two Sarahs, I think it may be the same person, um, but anyway, one of the Sarahs is coming on, uh, let's do that. Um, uh, Becca, I believe that's Becca Collis, um, I hope it is. Oh, there's Rebecca, and oh goodness, there's going to be some controversy here. Um, <laughs> I hope the wrong, I hope people come on unscheduled. There's going to be some unscheduled guests to I, I can't identify them. Um, okay, let's let's bring on uh, uh, Carly as well. Carly's on. Uh, Leanne's coming on. Right, there's a, there's a Rebecca and there is a Becca. Um, so I'm going to go. It, it is Becca. Okay, I will make no changes there. I think it is Becca that we want. Um, let's try that. Cool, cool. There we go. Wow. Here we go. Uh, by the way, a new Sarah coming looking ridiculously tall. Hadway <laughs> <laughs> Studio. Uh, <laughs> straight in from the NASA space station. Oh, naturally. Oh. Naturally. Yeah. Welcome to NASA. <laughs> okay. Let's do some intros real quick. Um, so oh, we've got everyone on the show. That's amazing. Uh, Sarah, why don't you go ahead? Who are you? What it is you do? Sure. Thank you for bringing us on the show. I'm very excited to, um, you know, amplify this topic. My name is Sarah. I'm a part of Adway and we do automated recruitment marketing in social media to enable a 24-7 storytelling experience to attract and engage the most relevant top talent out there. 
So that's amazing. Me. And and Sarah, you might be the first LinkedIn official content creator voice person that's actually on Brave Food Live. So, folks, we are stepping up the quality of our guests here. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, Carly, uh, great to see you, by the way. Long time no see. Um, Carly, can you uh, tell us who you are, what it is you do? Uh, yeah, I am Carly. I'm a people and culture partner at Unleashed at the moment, uh, a consultancy working with tech startups and scale-ups, uh, UK, Europe, but also actually globally now with fully remote teams. Um, and I'm a mum of two which is probably highly relevant for this conversation. Fantastic. So, indeed. Highly. So, and we see we see Leanne as well. Leanne, great Hi to there. see you. Um, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Yes, I'm Leanne. Um, I'm co-founder of the Nine Month Club. We set up our uh, business a few years ago to help support working uh, parents while they're on parental leave and support them all the way through when they uh, transition back into work. So, also a mum of two as well, which is why I got into this in the first place. <laughs> Fantastic. Great to see you on the show, Leanne. And finally, Thank we have you. Becca as well. How are you doing? Uh, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Absolutely. Um, so Becca Collis, I'm a talent acquisition manager. I do I run internal talent acquisition for AMS, so a large global RPO. Um, we have a lot of females on our staff that also have children. I have two. Um, mine are 10 and 12, so not really the pregnancy point at this moment in time, but still highly relevant. Yeah, fantastic and great to see you, uh, Becca, and great to have you on the show. Okay, let's just kick off the conversation. Um, Sarah, I've got to start with you because it was your post that kind of uh, struck me and and and, and kind of uh, inspired to, us to have this debate. Um, mm. And, and the, the, the words that you used were, were really quite striking in the sense that I think the first thing you said was, look, I want to uh, start a family. But then you said you were really fearful of, of even saying this. Um, yeah. And it was like, oh, wow. Like, how have we got to a point where it's it's like a scary thing to say that you want to have a family? Um, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the context of how that post came about? Like, wh when did you feel that like it was actually the right time to, to actually publicize this scenario and, and get it out there? Yeah, and that's a great, <clears throat> great question, Hang. So um, for myself, as to this conversation, I have not yet chosen or had the opportunity uh, to start a family. But this is basically the reality of women of my age, I would say, like everyone before even considering having a family. We are in a position where we have to think around how to not, you know, uh, burden our career path and at the same time, you know, not just make a choice of having a family. So I've been driving this discussion over the years. And now as an amplified uh, LinkedIn creator, um, we thought that this is uh, even more, you know, um, logic to bring up these days. So to everyone who hasn't read the post, this was basically me saying, as of today, the discrimination around mothers called the motherhood penalty is alive and kicking. And it's like, insane numbers and stats coming from the US and UK uh, currently happening today. Um, and this post, I just, I try to summarize, you know, the engagement where people, I mean, the amount of people who felt for this and cared for this and had challenges around this. Uh, currently, we're on like 300,000 views. We have 70 reposts. I have 250 plus DMs around the topic, uh, 600 comments. It's, you know, it's an ever-going discussion. And for me, um, I want to do something about this before I, I even, you know, get the chance to start a family. 
And a vital part here is that my employer, my company, Adway, we are um, we are living our inclusive values. So for me, it's not actually the stress. But I really want to amplify that that is not the case for all working women out there. Not not even far from it. So, um, yeah. Well, firstly, um, fantastic that you raised the unusual platform to do that, Sara. I wonder whether if people haven't seen this, uh, whether you could pull out the link and just share it in the chat yeah, so that people can go and review that. Because I think there's a lot of really interesting commentary and even people that are, are kind of involved in this uh, in this situation or have been in this situation. Then yeah. there will there'll be like a body of people that would be happy to support you there. So uh, go ahead and investigate. Um, uh, Carly, let's go to you. Um, you mentioned that, you know, and, and some of this I'm, I'm afraid to say it might be some personal stuff and whatever so feel free not to get, sort of share things that are uncomfortable but i think you, yeah. you mentioned to me that actually you had some circumstances where you know when you were with child or you know you're thinking about it and so on that you you had some experiences that you now look back on and think wow that was like like wicked pressure uh that really yeah. you wouldn't want anybody else to go through so can you give us yeah. some context and some detail there yeah yeah for sure so i mean i have seen I've seen someone kind of uh, lose or kind of be replaced by their maternity cover, for instance. And so when I got pregnant, I was just really worried about that. Number one was just like, oh, God, if I'm going to replace, if I have to hire in someone to be my mat cover, what happens if I want to come back? And I don't know, do I hire someone who's really good or not hire someone who's really good? Do I hire someone like that? All of that kind of plays on your mind a little bit. And they're all nodding, so um, so that plays on your mind. Um, and then other things that happened. I mean, I um, I really, when I had my son, I really wanted to make sure I still had some flexibility and some time with him. He was little, really little, um, and I uh, ended up offering just because, like, almost shooting myself in my foot in my own foot, right? Shoot myself in the foot and offering to take to work four days and take a 20% pay cut but my role and my role expectations nothing changed um and I was still expected to deliver the same amount and it was almost like I didn't even didn't even have a conversation about adjusting my role around it I was just like yeah no it's cool I'll uh, I'll do what it takes mm. um and just uh, out of fear really of um of being considered like that I'm not committed or engaged in some way mm. and it this was nothing really stemming from my employer at all right like um i right. think there just weren't and many other women in the company who uh, were had had babies at the time you know early stage startup etc um and i it, none of this was like pressure from anyone else this was just the way i saw the saw it and what i was experiencing mm. and also conversations yeah. i was having with friends and and all sorts and then when I was moving, my other example I'll give, but and I've got lots and lots of examples from interviews and talking to lots of people. But when I um, uh, I found out I was pregnant uh, two weeks after resigning from a position and before and after I'd accepted another position, and I uh, obviously a bit of shock. I didn't know what to do. I spoke to all of my family, friends, everything. I wanted to tell my new employer about my situation. And everyone, my friends and family were just like, no, don't don't say anything. Just mm -hmm. just in case, just mm -hmm. in case you don't want to find yourself without a job. Don't, don't say anything. Now, for me, that's one of my values and something I hold really dear is like honesty and being quite building trust really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I felt really conf like conflicted about being able to tell my new employer about my pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. 
and I didn't until my first day in the job. And and then along with that, <laughs> I didn't quali qualify for any maternity pay from the company. Uh, so spent my whole pregnancy saving up lots of money to make sure I could take time off with my Ooh, children, wow. uh, with my newborn baby, because maternity allowance is only 650 odd pounds a month. Uh, and when you're the main breadwinner, that's a bit of a <laughs> slap in the face. So, so there was a lots of experiences there, basically, of just being fearful and being worried. And and none of this, might I add, just is has been from communication necessarily from the companies and the employers themselves, right? This is just yeah. this is society, like society this is reality, and how it feels. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. All right. Well, well Carly, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I think you've, you've actually shared a number of things that are worth us exploring and sitting down on <laughs> a, a little bit more. Um, but I think that the, the, the thing that uh, one of the one of the things that you mentioned that was really interesting um, was this sense, like this internalized sense um, that irrespective of what the organization is doing, yeah. that you feel that you can't say or you can't do or whatever. Um, now, Half of me thinks, okay, maybe the maybe the organisation is completely guilt-free in this scenario, but is it not the case that the organisation should like preemptively correct that for that? Like, if we know, for instance, that women in the marketplace do have this fear, whether it's if I'm an employer, whether I've done anything to, sort of to to to, to kind of uh, uh, create or contribute to that fear is irrelevant. What I should do is communicate very very clearly that this is totally like part of what we understand human beings to be and it's like a welcome yeah. and celebrated thing so yeah maybe 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 you, a company can't just take a neutral view and say you know what it's like you know it's not on, on us what are your thoughts on this everyone i mean i'll throw it up open to, to, to the crowd here i think i mean my that's sorry becca Ross, go ahead becca becca go i think one of the things that a lot of employers don't do and the one thing which was pointed out there that wasn't done is that re-evaluation of the role. There was no interest taken in, right, I'm going part-time. These are my reasons for going part-time. This is my capacity change. And so there was no rent, you know, there was no change to what was expected. And if there's no change to what's expected, that's a full-time job within <laughs> part-time hours, extra pressure and extra expectation. Preach. So it's not entirely an employee you know, whilst you don't blame anybody, and I completely understand that, the reality is they didn't do their job. They needed to actually come to you and say, right, why do you want to go part-time? What is it we can do to support you? What mechanisms can we put around you that will ring fence you sufficiently? I wonder whether anybody, yeah, yeah, 100%, Adam, uh, I, I agree with you on that. Um, the, like, just a one uh, quick question to the crowd. Like, does anybody have like a, a protocol for this uh, like do you had you know within within your own organization do you have a uh, like a a, a, a reevaluation of role if a person decides to take down the amount of time they're spending with you or is do you just kind of say right fine we'll we'll just adjust salary or whatnot I, I suspect most companies don't have this um because jobs are designed in a fairly static way aren't they like we design yeah. the job and we know it as recruiters actually like I'm, I'm pretty certain i haven't seen a job description that gives you that contingency it's like hey here's the job the expectation is a human being is going to step in do that job <laughs> ad infinitum and <laughs> like without any change like that's as much as adam go ahead well can, yeah i'll just add like um so for anybody that's not on crowdcast i, I i've said in the chat here that the employer should be leading on solutions for this type of thing. And if I take Carly's 
specific scenario. So Carly has gone to the organization with a solution which was really putting, not putting herself in the best position with high, probably with hindsight. I think, Carly, you might agree with that. But what yeah. the employer should have done is gone, hmm, so, okay, if Carly's going to be working four out of five days and getting paid for four out of five days, what's the 20% of Carly's objectives and responsibilities that we're going to reallocate to somebody else? Or who's going to come and do those? Or, you know, but but the employer hasn't, you know, offered anything up. They've probably gone, great, I'll still get that job done, but I won't have to pay as much. So, you know, and I'm not being, yeah. I know, Carly, you were quite kind in the way you've described your employer, but they really should have come up with a better solution. Or said, <laughs> or said, look, we know that you're the sort of person that will get your job done mm. in over four days. We're going to pay you the same salary over mm. that four days. Yeah, that's I think that's a really good point is yeah. it's not always necessarily about it. I think actually it's the default setting. We're told we should go part time because then we get more time with our kids as opposed to going, well, hang on a minute, what can I not do out of my role responsibilities? How is this going to make my job, um, my time lesser? And what mm. kind of things can I, you know, can I pass to somebody else? Mm. Exactly what you were saying there, Adam. It, it, it's about looking at the whole package, the same as you would with anybody else that had special requirements for adjustment. Yeah, um, yeah. That's just yeah. so, but I so, think it, oh, ahead, sorry. Go. I was just going to say, I think it, I think it really depends on, so, I mean, and uh, I will put in my kind of lack of experience at the time in, in, in this as well, um, and definitely growing a lot more in confidence and being really uh, a lot more confident in demanding and asking for what I you know, want now and being really clear on what those things are. But uh, I would say there was a combination of um, them not knowing how to have those conversations or really even what that looks like. And also at the time, someone actually not fundamentally understanding my role and the, exactly what I did in my role, in a standalone role, um, and the only person in that role in the business. I think there's a lot to be said for, for that as well, but also just not knowing how to have those conversations necessarily, um, mm. and what, what good looks like really either. Um, so yeah, I would 100% agree with the, the all things this get, put forward. Does this get better with the scale of business? Because, Akali, again, I, I'm not quite sure I remember every, every job you did, but you've generally been more startup-y, haven't you? So you've, yeah. you've walked, worked in smaller companies, therefore, let's say, younger individuals, less mature, like li literally less experienced running a company because hmm. they've just started it up. Like, would that experience be different in a big corp? Has anyone here worked in a bank or something? Like, uh, can someone, like, what, is it any different? I mean, I don't know. I can talk from being part of a very large global RPO, so I suppose I'm probably fairly well placed to say what we approach, how we approach things. Certainly from our lens, we're very, you know, we've coined the whole phrase with regard to flexibility years ago. There are a lot of people who work either remotely or hybrid. Um, but in terms of actually family friendly, that that's how we behave. You know, when I have to go and do the school run because COVID hit, we all didn't expect childcare to suddenly have the plug pulled on it. And we're like, okay, how do I work? Um, and have children and still not lose my job because I'm not being fair alone. Um, so all of those concerns came to the fore. But then when you work for organizations that don't have a problem with you going, well, I'm not going to attend a meeting at that time of day because I need to pick up my kids. Hmm. But I'm still, you know, you're still trusting me to give you what you need as a business. 
And it's that flexibility both ways and that constant sort of dialogue, which within our business is standard. There's so many people that have the school run to do that go and, you know, they've got the doctors run to go and attend. And it isn't really thought about twice. It's just that constant dialogue and that communication which exists within an organisation as big as we are. Certainly that there's a lot of support for people in those kinds of situations, whatever it might be. But I'll tell you what, I mean, arguably, we should talk about whether the remote has been positive or negative in terms of the general flexibility. Theoretically, it should be, right? So we'll get into that in a minute. I want to bring Leanne on to this. We talked about school runs. Le Leanne, you actually worked in schooling, didn't you? Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. Like, is this like a sectoral thing? Like most of the people who were, who are on screen here, I think have worked in tech and startups, et cetera. You know, are we talking about problems that exist particularly in those spaces? Is the, is the environment different? In a in a in a higher education, like what's your experience of, I think, of this scenario? I think I think when you go into teaching, you always know that there are there is some flexibility for when you do have children further down the line because it is easier to be part time as a teacher. Obviously, it comes with its uh, with its challenges in exactly the same way. Um, if you've got childcare issues, if your child's off sick, and you know, just on Monday, I had to or had a child that was ill, and I was trying to do my uh, you know online with the snow, and they're still there, and you still have that kind of sense of pressure. But I do think the industry is a little bit um, easier to be able to manage that. You know, there's a there's a lot more um, the culture uh, attitudes are you know a bit more flexible in that respect, but not for everyone. You know, you know there is that still that element of when you want to come back um, after having a baby, you still have to kind of make that decision. Um, with with areas of responsibility you know sometimes schools still won't give you a maybe a you know assistant head position if you want to do it over four days you still have those those challenges that you have to kind of uh, go through in terms of career progression you know what and the sectoral differences and i think now that you mention it leanne i think you're right uh, obviously teaching there's a different rhythm there's a different sort of uh uh, uh just in terms of your time distribution is different mm. but obviously this is it has an impact in terms of the choices that women make i mean yeah. you know perhaps people women have chosen you know the careers where in the sectors are likely to have greater flexibility in future because they have in their mind hey at some point i want to have a family and and you know I, I can't get the flexibility elsewhere right so the rest of the economy if you like hasn't been able to think of this as important enough to create mm. flexible scenarios mm -hmm. uh, so that it inevitably becomes male dominated um like startup is male dominated why you know what elon musk style you got to work under your desk and all this of course that's going to Bit predominantly benefit single single 25 to 30 year old man that has yeah. no responsibilities anywhere else of course that he can do 100 hours a day no uh, a week no worries uh but it's not going to be suitable for someone who has children uh there's a primary caregiver let's say or intends to be a, a primary caregiver so very clearly you know uh the 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 the, the, the sectoral differences and you know, even within company differences there as well. Um, very, very interesting. Um, okay, let's talk about this really tricky scenario. Um, I have to touch on it. Again, every topic we talk on, by the way, we, we, we can't like cover everything in 100% depth. Uh, hopefully we'll leave that a space to just continue the conversation forward. Carly, you mentioned a couple of things I thought were really interesting about like this pressure on mat leave. Like, so you're hiring a mat leave cover. Mm. And it's on you to hire this person. And yet, obviously, there is like a, a perverse incentive to not hire someone amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, 
all right, I'll, in hi I'll, I'll hire Carly minus 10. That will do. <laughs> and then this person will adequately do the job, but never suits. You know, that's crazy. Like if you're at yeah. work trying to say we want to have hire the best, etc., but we, we, we have a situation where, you know, the, the person responsible for hiring, hiring a replacement has this massive conflict of interest. Yeah. Uh, firstly, is this common that the person who's leaving on maternity leave has to backfill it? Is that what happens or does someone else do, do this? <laughs> I was in a very unique position. Thankfully, I hired someone incredible. But um, <laughs> we have to agree that's that's the, that's the case. Uh, that person was amazing. Uh, however, um, is, is this common or not? I mean, um, I well, I think it's probably. I think it depends on the size of the company and, and where and like who who's responsible for hiring. I think you know, I, I was head of people and talent. Um, and I was responsible for all of the hiring for the business uh, and so involved be, in that. Yeah. So I had to be um, and had to be involved in finding my replacement. And I think there are a number, actually, I can think of if you're a hiring manager um, and you're having to hire for your replacement in your team, you're going to interview your replacement. I think that's pretty standard, whether you go out to the market and do all of the kind of screening or everything like it's a different story. But if you are the hiring manager, you're going to be interviewing and you're going to be wanting to look for the person who's going to come in and, and do the and, and do your job when you're not there. So I would imagine, yeah, actually, there's quite a lot of people involved in that. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, folks, I think we can understand that that's problematic, right? I mean, yeah. it, it just in terms of how we do it, it's, it's, mm. I don't see how anybody could lay aside that additional concern. Um, uh, uh, you know, other, unless you've decided to leave, like mentally, if you checked out and you're definitely, you're definitely going to not come back, then yeah, sure. Maybe you, you, you want to, you know, hire someone who's going to be a full-time replacement, but if you're undecided or you think you want to come back or, you know, whatever it is at the time, then how can you separate, uh, that motivation? So we, I, that's not solved industry-wide. That's just a problem. Like, I thought, mm -hmm. is there a solution? Has anyone thought of how we fix that? I mean, there I are, you know, there are protections, you know, you know, there are protections in place technically, legally to, to protect you in your position, right? You know, if you're coming back from yeah, maternity yeah, you leave, you're expected job, yeah. to have uh, mm. a job, um, or at least a big equal uh, kind of uh, pay and proposition and rank kind of seniority, etc. to when you to when you left. Um, so there are legal protections. But, you know, there are, there are ways around some of yeah. those things. So um so yeah it's and, um, and the, the ways and, and around I, those sorry carol sorry, go ahead come, come, I, no, I, was about, I was about to say the ways around those protections is where some horrible conversations might be having right where the pressure comes in there's all kinds of like stuff around you know the, the sides that give you the the, the hint uh, that this is what's going on. I think that's what we have to get rid of because that's yeah. like completely not tracked. It's not something that is covered by any rules or whatever. And I think this is where bullying and, and genuine kind of harassment type 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 management can occur. So yeah, so yeah it's, it's a suboptimal situation. Um, uh, someone mentioned in the uh, chat there about job sharing. Is this a thing? The answer it is, but I, it, it, we, we struggle to design jobs that are this way. I think that's, I go back to this. So you go, I go back to job design in a sense, 
we have a template as to what a job is. It's always performed by a full-time permanent on-site individual. That's the template. Um, and anybody that deviates from that is like, oh, God, yeah, we have to do extra to cater for the person that deviates from this template, um, which, in fact, you know, uh, which is the, the root cause of the issue. So is there, a, is there an argument where we need, like, a fundamental redesign of what jobs are and say you know what, we need to make sure that any job that we do produce and publicize, we can, you know, there's multiple ways in which that can be performed, whether it's one person doing full-time, two people doing part-time, you know, maybe you can oscillate it up or down. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts? Sorry, just you paste it in something like intimidatingly long there. Uh, so I need to go and I, I need to go, <laughs> go to you immediately. So can you summarize this for us? Yeah, sorry. I was just very excited to share because the community again discussing this um, uh, issue really uh, resulted in like four main solutions, I'd say. Whereas one, and this was the most like proposed piece of advice from the LinkedIn members. So one was the uh, one year paternity leave with equal amounts of parental leave for mothers and fathers to close the gender gap. That was like the main takeaway from this discussion going exactly. forward. The secondly was an, enact policies that don't stigmatize pregnancy and enable programs to help families through this emotional and stressful Absolutely. time. The third was the same pay for the same job naturally. And to your point here, remote work and flexibility. So it's actually better when the whole business supports each other and the people willingly step in when, you know, replacements are needed. Yeah, so absolutely. there was a lot of discussions like, how can we help here? How can we take responsibility where needed? And what's the outcome? What can we do, you know, to help I, make a change? I think that's a really good point with regard to paternity. And it's actually something that's yeah. come up quite a lot of times 100%. recently is it's not just getting the leave. How many right. organisations will pay a man to go on maternity or to go on, go on parental leave, parental leave. Yeah. at the same rate as they would a woman? And the fact is, they are very few and far between, if they exist at all, because I haven't come across yeah. any. And Sweden, within, though. Say again? We, yeah. we do. Spain. So we do. Yeah, Spain. one of the few. Yeah. One of the few. Um, yeah. But again, this needs to go you know, globally. We need to make a change here. So this is like, a, a again, it should not be... The gender that decides who will likely stay at home it's good for the family for the society men and women would post you know the same risk to the employer and any other solution would not prevent you know again the spreadsheet managers from viewing parenthood as a risk when evaluating these candidates so this will right. allow mothers you know to feel that they don't have to give up their career yeah it's fundamental well, structural change sorry it's fundamental well, structural change like um spain did it gradually right. over the course of a few years they went from four weeks for paternity leave to match to 16 weeks full pay to match women uh, or mothers, sorry. And like that, they did it gradually over four years and now it's 16 weeks for everybody. Yeah. Secondary, like a primary or secondary caregiver, basically. Um, do, you, do you know what? There's a few American friends listening into this and they're saying, what? Like they're going apoplectic because they can't even understand what's going on. But I, I absolutely agree. I think the gold standard in terms of how this how this would work would be the Swedish model. But it, And I think that the shift to remote, actually, maybe even the globalization of workforces as a result of distributed working can help or encourage yeah, companies absolutely. to adopt that model. 100%. Uh, we have to take a quick break, folks. So just uh, uh, a quick pause. Reason why The reason why we always do this is because Brain Food Live on Air is a conversation-starting show, folks. It is not a conversation-stopper, but we do have to come off air, which is about, about 15 minutes' time. So rather than have this conversation stop, obviously it needs 
to continue. I think yeah. it's super important that we all take the opportunity to connect with as many people as possible to continue these conversations in a different place, in a different format. So take yeah. a moment, get your LinkedIn URL uh, sort of a link and just share it in the chat stream on Crowdcast. If you're watching this on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is, take your LinkedIn URL there and just make sure you share it into a comment into the thread that you see. Um, and then, of course, connect with everyone else who has done the same. Um, worst case scenario, you're going to emerge from this uh, participation in the show with a dozen or so people that share an interest in this topic. Who knows? Maybe that conversation goes somewhere. Maybe you can support each other. Maybe, you know, something positive can happen. So take a moment and make sure you do that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's, uh, uh, we've already kind of moved on to this kind of solution, solution engineering. So the yeah. first thing you mentioned, Sarah, was, okay, maybe we need to, and actually you, Becca, as, as well, uh, we need to equalize the, 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 the parental rights per se. So it's not a case of here, mother has this father gets that it's that actually no maybe it's a shared circumstance i think in sweden you share a you share a block don't you and you can divide between the parents how you want yeah and some days are um, fixed for the father as well that you, right, you so they have, father to, have yeah. to take yeah yeah which i think is super important because i think some research has shown that actually fathers respond to fatherhood differently i don't know whether adam you want to come into this whether you think this is true or not um it seems that the fathers respond to having children by saying i need to work harder um and they go into the office and do more and actually feel a, a totally different sense of, of 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 responsibility as well as occasionally looking at reluctance let's say it's a shared block for instance like a reluctance of taking time off when they think it should should go to the the, the partner. So I, I wonder whether that's something you, you you've thought about at all, Adam, or you know, again, possibly diving into a territory where it's like private stuff. But if you're happy to share your thoughts, then yeah, yeah, if, if yeah, not, yeah. I, tell me. To move I can, on. Sh I can all, share, but I'm not. I can share, but I don't think it's going to be all that useful because um, when my kids were. Uh, imminent uh i was building a business i'm an entrepreneur there's not it's not a normal kind of job so i don't think anything changed to be perfectly honest and my experience is not reflective of you know most people so it's quite difficult to answer that question yeah. in, a, in a meaningful way I, I will say that's actually not correct because there's a lot of people that actually are entrepreneurs now even more so than they were before i mean back in your day when you started doing the entrepreneuring i think quite rare but now you see like our sponsor today sile for instance his second second kid coming he's like a young founder of a business he's going for it right um so it's not like 50 percent, like, is it it's about 10 percent or something probably oh yeah, yeah. probably not not, like, not even it's not even 10 percent, is it really no, but I'm not saying it's like as aberrant as it was. It's like people are, uh, it's easier to launch something. And I think there's there's also an argument that being an uh, like entrepreneur, having the ability to control your time is actually more important than being to a fixed schedule. So in other words, you might be working more hours as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm sure most people would say they were in total working more hours because they can flex their time around. It actually, that's the thing you need. Um, whereas if you're commuting in, and you're doing five, eight hours a day, every day, commuting in, like you've locked your time away and you can't actually be there for the moments when you need to be. Like, again, I'm not a parent. Uh, thank God, uh, you know, uh, for those unborn kids. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm not a parent. But I can imagine that being a parent is, even though it's, uh, you know, you need to be there, it's not like 100% time all the time, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. It's like you just need to be a contingency, like be there in case, um, yeah. as well as when the kids awake, you know, do what you got to do. But there's going to be big blocks of time, like chunks of time throughout your day where, oh, I'm looking at the kid, kid's sleeping, what do I do? You know, <sighs> if you're. I appreciate your, your, your point, your point. Your point is almost certainly very valid, though. Like for, uh, I, I imagine, and particularly in working class families, I imagine a lot of dads will go, "Hang on a second, I need to actually up my hours. I need to because I'm going to need to bring in because my cost, the cost of my family is going is about to be more. So hmm. I expect that that does happen. That that definitely happens. If we know it, especially yeah. if you're a two-parent earner. Let's say two earner family, and there's a, of yeah. course a lot of mothers that decide to actually leave work, uh, sort of mm. whilst they're uh, either having kids or nursing or what whatnot. Which is another thing which is totally okay to do. Like we need to make sure that's totally okay. But as a family unit, it means that the income might be actually slashed. In which case, yes, yeah. the father does need to, you know. Up the ante, so to speak. So there's different ways, different families will need to uh, kind of have their own solutions to it. I guess from an employer perspective, we just need to have different options for yeah. those families to make those choices. Um, I think, go ahead, Sarah. The, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, but to your point, Sarah, there, I think it all comes down to if a company has accepted the fact that diverse teams are more effective and profitable in turn for their business the next thing they have to do is accept that if they want to have women in all relevant positions and in the company that family inherited link to that so it all comes down to you if you are true and serious about your inclusive initiatives you are investing in families here like that but you're building yeah. but you have to build for flexibility up front right so like yeah. in there's like a, there's from the, the law absolute that, the first law interaction in. yeah so the law that came in like last week that now you can ask for, in the UK, you can ask for flexibility in your role from your first day, no longer after a certain period of time in right. the business. Great, that's fine, but which, which is encouraging. It's encouraging signs, but it doesn't mean that your, built, your business is set up to support that flexibility in the first place. Correct. Or even set up to support remote teams or the roles are even set up in the first place to support fle mm. flexibility. Mm. So you're already kind of starting on the back foot and then you potentially are leading to some resent from, resentment from the rest of the teams. And I think actually someone, I think it was Molly from, um, from Flexa Careers, who actually said this really well in a, in a, in a post recently about that, the kind of resentment that comes from other team members around yeah. you know, asking for flexibility on your, on your first day when they haven't done it and they've been there for a while. And then they're like, well, why haven't we? But then also, why is that person getting the flexibility now? And it's just, mm -hmm. it just shows that the company and the structures just aren't set up to support flexibility in, from the first in the first instance so I think there's a lot that we can do about that but I also am really aware that we're in a privileged position if we're working in tech startups and stuff where things like that are it's a lot easier to do um yeah on, on that note the caveat is I mean we're talking about a very a sort of a, a certain type of of, of work of certain work. type of exactly, uh, economic yeah. return uh, there's lots of families out there, lots of people out there that literally don't have the choice, whether it's the, exactly. the, the nature of the job, for instance, or, or even the terms of the contract. Like if you're working on a zero hours or you're working exactly. retail or whatever it is, yeah. if you're not there, you're not there, your job's gone, right? Or if you're in different countries. I mean, if you're in the United States, for instance, I, I hate to kind of use that as the exemplar, but it seems a conspicuous yeah. example um, <laughs> where there is very weak 
sort of options. It's like you're, well, I'm paying you because you're a worker, um, and if you're not working, then you know, see you later. Um, in that circumstance, you know, again, I, I, there's friends I know that have had kids that literally have had to go back in two weeks. It's like mm. that's crazy, yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah. anyway, so so different jurisdictions, just different sectors, different jobs. Um, yeah. Okay, folks, we're rapidly running out of time. So I want to, obviously, we need to do round two or we need to continue the conversation down different pathways. Um, But I want to maybe kind of leave, sort of end, if you like, with a few recommendations that you think uh, employers could actually implement. And and I want to make sure that these are recommendations that are doable, right? So we get it on the legislative side and all this type of stuff. But let's say a person's listening into this, a CEO of a company or, you know, a head of TA somewhere that thinks, you know what, we need to do better. Okay. What is the, what, what was one thing, if you can just chew on that, one thing that you would say, you know what, this would actually help. Um, what would that be? So give it a moment to have to think. Um, Adam, I'm going to go to you first because, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Um, so... No, I don't. I would ask Leanne is the first thing that I would do. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. First recommendation. Yeah. Ask sure. Leanne. So Leanne, you're up. So, yeah, what, I would what? say is hire us, basically, because this is what we do. <laughs> our, <laughs> um, our, what we try and do is, uh, is for businesses to hire um, or to, to, to use our services. So we help support any parent. Um, going on parental leave um, with support throughout that whole year while they're off. If they're off for a year, they could be off for less. And we offer them, uh, we help them with antenatal classes. They haven't had time to go due to working hours. They can have access to that. We also provide sleep training uh, to help their baby get into a sleep routine. So they, and then we do weaning. We do it basically all the different pathways on their year um, away to then make it easier for them while they're away but also make the transition back into work a little bit easier if you've got a sleeping baby you are uh, feeling a lot more uh, ready to be able to be more productive essentially and your mental That's, you know what leanne why don't you take a moment and just share the link to your website into the um the chat stream there because i think okay, you know obviously where, where there isn't a legislative solution and we haven't had cultural change then there's going to be service offerings which might be very well worth exploring. So thank you yeah. very much for that uh, for that input, uh, uh, Leanne. Okay, one thing that's implementable. Uh, Becca, do you want to give this a shot? I think actually listing what flexibility you might be able to offer as an organisation. Not everyone's going to be able to offer the same things and not everyone's going to want to have the same flexibility. But actually in a job advert or perhaps on the job spec when discussing the role itself and the early start point, these are the kind of flexibilities that we can build into your environment so that people don't waste their time going for jobs that actually offer no flexibility because applying for it on day one, it's too blooming late, you started. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So basically on adverts, um, and you know, that is a proxy for the early conversation, but that's when you need to essentially uh, introduce the conversation. I think even talking about it would help because it's like acknowledge. You, you, yeah, you're trying to erode yeah. that expectation that the person's yeah. got to be there full time. So that, but also think about how you might actually have flexibility in the role also. Um, okay, as Carly has left us, I hope not, but she's disappeared on my off my screen. Carly, <sighs> come back um, if you're free. Uh, <sighs> we'll go to uh, we'll go to you, Sarah. Give us one tip that you haven't talked about yet. Uh, that you think okay the, a company could do this or we could start the ball rolling internally there 
Yeah, I'm 100% going to echo in you, Becca, there. So for us in TA, we have a big responsibility to be very clear what we mean by uh, flexible. So be supportive, unbiased and clear from the absolute first interaction. That means the job campaigns, right? So market jobs as flexible and be very specific about what you mean by the flexibility and be clear about expectations from expecting mothers and meet them where they are. So meet them where they need is basically. And I would follow pregnant and screwed which is a really yeah. good organization to be really, you know, uh, read up on this topic. And um, what, what's, though, what I really just want to leave you guys with is the legal part that no one is talking about. And that is, you know, when we are in interviews or in, 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 in terms of interviews and no one is talking about the fact that we're turned down or, or not getting the offers because, you know, we have a wish, a wish or a need or we actually are pregnant. That is yeah. the next step here, Hang. You know, the things that no one is talking about, where we're, yeah. we're neglected or not chosen because something else came in, you know, the way. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't even dealt with, so, I mean, there's so many different, like, it's almost like you, there's, a, there's so many avenues to go for oh, yeah. that we, we, oh, should, yeah. we should do a series on this, I think. Um, <laughs> but um, absolutely, yeah, you know, I've already seen a lot of commentary on LinkedIn yeah. and here as well saying, hey, thank you for putting this type of conversation on. I think it's super important that we do it. Um, so, uh, Sara, uh, what was that thing? Do you mind sticking the link into the pregnant? Yeah, 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 100%. Stick the link. All right. It's in the oh. it's in the chat as well, actually. Oh, really? Someone's okay, it. okay, cool, cool. Thank oh, you. Oh Nicola, Nicola, perfect. Uh right, Carly, final word to you. What's one thing that you think would just help like that's doable, you know? It could just help somebody who's in this situation right now. Uh I was gonna go for something when actually people are already um you're already working for a company actually. So with uh parents, mums leaving the business and coming back, re onboarding, like treat treat someone nice. joining coming back into the business like nice. onboarding back into a business and really going through what's changed how the roles evolved how the companies evolved um and and spending time having conversations about their growth like having proper one-to-ones with the people coming back i almost experienced burnout and um you know and i'm i had a, i'm a mum. i had a kid i my passion and, and ambition didn't disappear right so right um have those conversations yeah fantastic um okay listen folks uh, obviously we've got more to talk about but we've come to the end of the show running out of time so thank you all for joining thank you our guests um for being with us today really appreciate you donating some time uh leanne redstone great to see you thank you so much for uh for, for, for joining us today um becca college great to see you as well um uh, thank you for joining us by the way i love the hair um have a very good weekend um sarah great to see you um uh thank you so much for starting the conversation really excellent and again let's keep this conversation going i'm sure that's gonna happen oh by the way claire bush has said to me i need to get you on to a show i'm doing next next year about tiktok yeah tiktok um, let's go yeah, yeah. So, so you're in that as well okay you have a good weekend sarah thank you so much um, thank you everyone and, uh, and Carly, great to see you again. Wonderful to see you. Um, Thanks, Thank so much for joining this conversation. Um, Thank you. And for your amazing conversation. So we'll uh, have a good weekend, okay? You too. Cheers, Hung. See you later. Bye. Interesting <laughs> and important, hey? It's good to do shows like this where, like, you literally can start the show and say, this is a subject that Adam and I know absolutely nothing about, and it is genuinely correct. Yeah, but it's genuinely that's genuinely correct most of the time. I don't mean that as just to, to insult us. Um, but like there's some we, we we are good generalists, like we're skate across the top, like we're not experts at everything. And I think you know we need to we need to mm -hmm. embrace that. 
on this topic though, I think it's like, yeah, important we have a conversation. My only disappointment was I did we didn't get a mass turnout. I mean that's, that's pissed me off a little bit. Um there's, there's a few like numbers that we've done, like we did the incarceration show, which is really important. Again, low numbers. So you know, people are still thinking about practical, you know, how-tos and stuff, which I get are important, but sometimes other stuff is important. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, there we go. Um, so Okay. Anyway, that's it. What are you doing this weekend? Anything interesting? I'm going to watch the World Cup final. You? Who who you got for the World Cup? Well, I'd like Argentina to win because um, I've got to be honest, I've never particularly sought, seen the genius of Messi. I've always thought Ronaldo's miles better than him. But I agree. I've really enjoyed the la- I've really enjoyed Messi the last few games, and I've I've gone, yeah, that's been brilliant. Um, it's not a one-man team at all, but you know, if he if he wins, it puts him in in Argentina. Well, in global terms, it puts him into the same status as his, his little friend from Argentina, Maradona. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's part of the reason why I don't want him. Uh, to, I say I don't want him to win it <laughs> because I think Diego's right up there. I think Ronaldo's number two. I think Messi's three. But um, but yeah, listen, good final. You know what? And uh, this is this. I actually might miss the game. Um, and uh, and I, I don't. It's it basically it's because my nephew's birthday. Um, and I'm I'm like in charge of the bouncy castle or something. Um, so I've got a job. I've got a job to do. Uh, so I'm surrounded, surrounded by these six-year-olds trying to watch the World Cup on, on my phone. Um, oh, you need so, a you need a phone you need a phone like mine with the that's a, yeah 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 I need like a much bigger screen like, so you yeah, can, yeah 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 I can watch everything but as I'm trying to stop these kids from uh, injuring themselves on the bounty castle yeah, I'll be like trying yeah. to watch this game you anyway listen indeed indeed right that's it have a good weekend everybody Adam thanks Enjoy. a lot I'll see you next next week you're there for final one you can't do I mean, it no I already told you that but you've then accepted the the the, the calendar invite. No, I don't think I have. You, you're I down as a yes for that. Um, all right, listen, no worries. I will see you before, hopefully before the New Year's. I'll, I'll drop in and have a chat with you or whatever. Um, but, um, but yeah, you have a good week, mate. All the best. Bye. All right. All right, that's it, folks. Have a good weekend. Thanks for watching.